0: I've spent 23 years exploring what it means to live sustainable and green, from living off the grid with no power and water in a cabin in Nova Scotia, to helping small communities in Ghana become more self-sustaining, to managing a community organic farm in suburbia right outside of Philly. The goal of all these experiences was to address the question, how can we become a more sustainable society? Now my mission is to create a mass movement around sustainable and green topics, giving everyone the information they need to take action in their own lives, thereby causing a significant impact on the societal level. Join me as I talk with leaders in business and community in the sustainable and green space and discuss action steps anyone can take to move us individually and collectively towards sustainable and green. My name is Andy Andrews, and this is the Sustainable and Green Movement. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode, and I'm very excited that we have Joshua Spodick with us today. He's a two-time TEDx speaker, a number one best-selling author of Initiative and Leadership Step-by-Step, Host of the award-winning Leadership in the Environment podcast and professor at NYU, he holds a PhD in astrophysics and an MBA from Columbia, where he studied under a Nobel laureate and helped launch a satellite, having emerged from some of Philadelphia's most dangerous neighborhoods. He left academia to found a venture to market an invention that showed animated images to subway riders between stations. He teaches and coaches leadership and entrepreneurship at NYU and Columbia Business School. He has spoken at Harvard, Princeton, West Point, and globally renowned corporations. Appearing on every major network, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and more, he has been called best and brightest in Esquire's genius issue, astrophysicist-turned-new-media-whiz by NBC, and rocket scientist by Forbes. He visited North Korea twice, swam across the Hudson River, has done burpees daily since 2011, takes 16 months to produce one load of garbage, and hasn't flown by choice since March of 2016. He has picked up a piece of litter every day for 938 days and writes 70 gratitude emails each week. Welcome to the show, Josh. Glad to be here. Thank you. So the question I wanted to talk about today is... What is something that we could do right away to live a more eco-friendly lifestyle and take positive actions that can affect the environment and bring about positive change?
1: I've evolved my answer to that question a lot over the years, because at the beginning, I would say, start with something small, something you could do. And I realized that if I say something small, it implies that you don't really want to do it. Like when someone says meatless Mondays, it's like saying, we know you really don't want to do this, but you kind of have to. So here's a way to kind of do it as little as you can. And you may get compliance on a small thing, but you reinforce the belief that's driving the behavior. And so the big picture often goes against you. And because no one ever says drinkless driving Mondays, everyone knows drinking and driving in no way makes your life better. So we want to stop it completely we know you like to drive drunk. So, you know, cut back a little bit. We said, never drink again when you drive. And, you know, it took me a long time to figure out. I think what's, what's important is not small or big, but what's the person's motivation? And that's leadership. Leadership, you have to go to where the person is, not where you want them to be, or you think they should be, or they ought to be, or they have to be to achieve some goal, but where they are. So if you listen to my podcast, I start by asking people, you know, does the environment mean anything to you? Is it something important to you? And if they say no, I can't really go past there. As it happens, everyone wants clean air, clean water, clean land. No one wants mercury in their fish. No one wants their kid's IQ lowered because of pollution in the environment. So I've always gotten a yes on that. And then I say, when you think about the environment, what do you think about? What does the environment mean to you? Most people have been so cornered and ambushed with that question by people trying to make them feel guilty or people trying to point, I don't know, for various reasons, people have been asked that question and then walked into something where they're like, well, then why don't you do this? And it's something they don't want to do. Or, well, you're not doing it enough. And so they called greenwashing or or hypocritical or something like that. But that doesn't mean that they still actually do care about something. And so I have to respond with support and listening. And if I support and listen enough and ask questions until they get to something that really matters to them, then that's what to act on, what matters to them. And it could be, something that they've lost in their, like an apple tree at the end of the block that got paved over or the time that they used to go fishing with their grandfather in the Pacific Northwest and the salmon just aren't there anymore or how they grew up looking at beautiful beaches and now they're covered with plastic. And if you talk to someone who grew up by a beach that's now covered with plastic and you talk to them about fishing with salmon in the Pacific Northwest, it doesn't really make sense to them. Likewise, if you talk to someone who used to go fishing with their grandfather about plastic covered beaches, that might not make sense to them either. But what does make sense to them is what makes sense to them. And I believe leadership works best when you ask questions and and listen supportively and non-judgmentally. And if you do that, then people will share what motivates them. And then ask them, what can you do to act on that thing that matters to you? It may be big, it may be small, but it's it's what motivates them most. If they then act on that, then that behavior will lead them to change their beliefs more than you telling them what their beliefs should be. That was a long answer, but I believe that the people who are going to change from facts and figures, they basically changed already. The people who haven't changed yet, telling them something that reinforces their perspective, you might get compliance, but you might reinforce that they don't really want to do it. Yeah, Going to where they are, I find that that's effective. And nonjudgmental support. That's really important.
0: Yeah. So I think if everyone listening to this could slow down enough to, you know, get really get in touch with something that does mean something to them, you know, personally on an intimate level.
1: Well, I would you said slow down. I, I find that introspection doesn't do it. It can. And I hope it does. I find talking to someone else who supports you and listens and doesn't judge you, and you do it back to them, get together with someone. I find that a social interaction boosts the ability to find it tremendously if that other person is supportive and non-judgmental, If the person is judgmental, it's, that's going to close you up. So if you have a spouse or kids or neighbors or friends, that can, you can sit down and go back and forth. I would listen to my podcast. I don't want to promote it too much or, or watch my first TEDx talk to describe the process. Oh, absolutely. I think people need to see that. So introspection, I hope that it works for many people. I find that social component helps a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, so what do you think about the people might say, well, if I take action somehow on these things, it's just not convenient for me to do that because I, the way my life is now, I just don't have room for anything else.
1: Something I can't change, something that has nothing to do with me, The sea levels are rising, Uh, we're running out of land, the species are going extinct. I would like to snap my fingers and have that go away. We know what's causing it, there's zero question. Do we wanna be part of that? I'm not sure, I don't wanna be part of that. But the flip side that no one talks about is that when you make the shift, it's more joyful. To me, it sounds like someone before they have a kid and they're going out partying and having a great time because no one depends on them and they can do whatever they want. And to someone like that, if you say, you know, if you have a kid, you're going to have to take responsibility for the kid and you're going to have to change diapers and you're not going to be able to party like you used to. Well, I used to do that. I used to have lots of friends who are like that and they have kids now and they love their life more. Stewardship and taking responsibility for people who are helpless, that you could hurt them and no one could stop you. But if you don't and you actually help them, these are some of the great, great feelings that humans can have. And that's what's available to us. And comfort and convenience are a small, it doesn't add up. I mean, we feel joy from our effort and doing what we care about and acting on that. Comfort and convenience doesn't add up. Comfort and convenience, once you start acting and changing and enjoying living, well, actually, I have to say that it's more comfortable and convenient for me to cook the way I do now from scratch than to open up a can of beans or whatever, get some TV dinner, go to Trader Joe's and get their prepackaged stuff. It's more convenient this way. And I meet my farmer and my food is cheaper and more convenient, more, more accessible to people who live in a food desert. You don't want to go back. It's that comfort and convenience from once you make the switch, it looks more like that's what leads to, I don't know, this country has a lot of addiction and obesity and It seems more in line with that. And you don't want to go back to that. Until you make the shift, you never feel it. You have to feel it. Yeah,
0: I think looking at it from like a, a higher level in terms of what do we want our life to be in terms of happiness and life satisfaction and joy. And then we think that comfort and convenience getting us to that place are producing happiness and joy, whereas you know, living a lifestyle where we are doing things differently, um, we know that we're, you know, not producing as much trash or we're not driving as much and we're being an active participant in doing things that help the planet. You know, I think there can be more happiness and joy in that than there is in just having comfort and convenience. So I think that's a great place to let people walk away with, that thought in terms of how how can my life be happier how can i find more joy is it through comfort and convenience or is it doing things that really matter to me and is it knowing that i'm helping create change for the better so josh
1: it's been great talking with you thank you for having me it's been great being here yeah and how can people find you everything is at joshospodek.com there's my podcast my books Uh, the links to all my social, it's all at joshuaspodick.com.
0: All right. Well, very good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, thank you for listening to another episode. To discuss this or any episode, join our Facebook group, The Sustainable and Green Movement. You can reach me directly on Instagram at Gardens of Gratitude. And it would mean a lot to me if you would leave us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe